Good morning, and we welcome to the program once again, Carrie Ketman, the Executive Director of Safe Passage, Inc. And uh, good morning to you, Carrie. Good morning, Tom. And, of course, uh, this is uh, her first go-round on the program as Executive Director at Safe Passage, but uh, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But first things first, Carrie, um, you've got um, October, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, uh, the month just underway. But uh, uh, to kind of uh, lead into that, yeah, the uh, the shelters had uh, quite a few, uh, in fact, a record number of crisis calls lately. Yes. Now, we do have the shelter program. We also have the non-residential programming, and those crisis calls feed into both of those. So um, back in July, August, and, and so, so far, what I've seen with September, we have stayed consistently high. Um, recording 90 crisis calls in August. Um, so that is a record for us. And once we make contact with those uh, that are calling, we can decide how to serve them, whether they need to come in for shelter or meet them in our outreach offices over our six county area. We assess during that phone call and um, we serve them the best way we can to keep uh, as much safety and possible as possible in place. And is there uh, one thing or is it uh, multiple things that you feel uh, Carrie contributes to uh, such a spike in numbers? Uh, there, there are multiple reasons. I think coming out of the pandemic, Indiana, the state um, of Indiana has seen just a, a pretty stark increase in lethality. So um, during the time of COVID, we saw about 180% increase in lethality. So the cases are getting more intense. Um, there's safety planning that should uh, be our priority with every call because we may only have two minutes with them. We may have two years or any time in between. So there, we are seeing some uh coming out of COVID, the isolation and those types of pieces um, increase lethality. And uh, you mentioned the uh, the pandemic. Now, uh, how did that affect uh, the number of uh, people um, who stayed in the shelter? Well, I'm very proud to sit here and say that through the entire uh, pandemic, we stayed open. Uh, there were times of decrease on capacity. We worked with our partners at the local health departments and got the best information to keep, um, again, safety health-wise is also um, our goal. So we monitor the numbers and we fluctuate um, what we need to do in order to stay open, and we have been able to do that. And, of course, uh, you, uh, uh, Safe Passage, serves a, a six-county area around southeastern Indiana. Yes. Yeah. So our, our counties are Dearborn, Ohio, Ripley, Franklin, Switzerland, and Jefferson counties. And then uh, do you have, uh, say, uh, satellite locations in those areas? We do. We have... Um, we have space in every county where we can duck in and uh, assist. We don't advertise those spaces for um, obvious reasons, but I don't want that to be a barrier to think that everybody has to come to one location. We are out in all the counties and our, our collaborative partners really support us funding wise to make sure that we have those spaces as well as the vehicles and the transportation in order to meet survivors where they're at. And of course, as we mentioned at the uh, the top, uh, that October is uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and, um, and of course, uh, what are you doing uh, as far as um, uh, what you want to do to bring uh, attention to this problem? 
Well, if you uh, look around town, you may notice our signs. We are our crisis line. We actually added text support to recently. So not only can you call that line, you could also text that line and you'll see those signs spread throughout our six counties. Um, These types of radio opportunities are helpful because awareness is what we try to do through the month of October. You may see kind of a a sea of purple around. Um, Purple is the color of our ribbons for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, We've got uh, care bags going to our collaborative partners, including our law enforcement. Um, We have right up the street here at uh, Precision, the salon there, we've got um, a, a partner who makes vases and sells those for us to get uh, the proceeds from. And um, also, October 20th is our Wear Purple Day. So specifically within that month, keep 1020 circled on your calendar Mm -hmm. for wearing purple. And, of course, I understand that there's uh, some other events uh, going on throughout the month. For example, um, an event in uh, Brookville and and also... um, Uh, Something about uh, having to do with lollipops. Yes. So our partners in Brookville um, at IGA have invited us to cook that day for the community with proceeds going to Safe Passage. And that will take place on October 7th. And just uh, over a block over at Amex, you can kind of see some of the lollipop campaign as well as other areas in our six counties. So our founder, Jane Yorn, um, really um, leans into what a lollipop moment is. And it's those times where somebody made an impact on your life and you may just kind of absorb that versus saying something to them. The lollipop moment is really identifying that, hey, you've really made a difference in my life and I'm going to tell you thank you for that and this is what it meant to me. So um, we're reflective through our 25th anniversary this year and that lollipop moment is kind of um, making sure that the people that have made a difference know that they have even in the smallest of ways it doesn't have to be this huge big uh, moment it's it's the little things that add up that count and you mentioned that jane yorn uh, one of the co-founders and uh, this all started with um, her and a couple of other uh, ladies sitting around at a, a coffee table discussing the problem Yes. I mean, you know, 25 years ago when they were identifying some resources in order to try to assist someone that the, that needed to have a different situation, um, they quickly realized there wasn't anything available. So uh, this is really gr- safe passage today is is born out of a grassroots effort of crisis calls ringing to home phones and, and different things like that to what we have today, a 24 seven staffed operation that um, can provide help, hope, healing um, to both uh, sexual assault and domestic violence survivors. And that's the, the key. Uh, of course, you just think of domestic violence, but also uh, sexual assault is, vol- is involved in this as well. Yes, we've done domestic violence and done it well for 25 years. We took on the sexual assault specific service and we are a certified rape crisis center and that's been about four years ago. So we added that. Uh, You'd be surprised at how many many crossover. Where where you see one, you see the other or historically you see, um, you know, childhood abuse and then unhealthy relationships and and so really, it's been a, a, a blessing to be able to 
educate staff and ourselves on how to serve both populations um, or when they are um, experiencing both. All right. And then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out and we'll continue our conversation with Carrie Ketman, the executive director of Safe Passage, right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with Safe Passage Executive Director Kerry Ketman. And uh, Kerry, uh, as far as uh, the number of uh, survivors and their children, uh, I mean, how many are we looking at here as far as uh, the numbers that have been helped over the past 25 years? We are up over 16,000. So it's just a remarkable number if you if you consider the, the impact and the seeds that we're able to plant. Um, part of our our services uh, include specific services for children's programming. So there's a whole uh, host of needs that children in these situations have. And um, so that's why that number includes the entire um, family system that we, we have in place. And that's a key component that you mentioned there, families, because you've got the survivors, maybe their children, and then also uh, the rest of the family members and how they may be affected in some way by this. Yes, I think it's important to remember during um, during October and really every month. But, you know, these are hard cases. I think um, survivors are reluctant to speak out when they are feeling judged and when they are feeling like, um, you know, they're only going to be asked why aren't you leaving versus why is the perpetrator behaving this way so much of our focus is on what the survivor should and should not be doing when in reality that uh, focus should really shift to the perpetrator and their behaviors Um, the number one thing that family members um, can do is just provide consistent support Um, you know Some of our families uh, will stash a packed bag or a cell phone or different things that can assist that person when they're ready to leave. Um, It used to be our statistics showed that up to seven times before somebody would leave for good. uh, Those have been recently updated to 11 times. So it is really hard for a lot of different factors for survivors to uh, make a decision to leave that situation and uh, obviously the uh, the thing is uh, domestic and uh, sexual violence but uh, i mean there's other forms that, as opposed to physical there's also other ways that uh, some of these abuse can take place absolutely what we know about domestic violence is that it almost always escalates so part of our education is um, going over you know the 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 times where your partner hurts your feelings and then uh, does it purposely and then the voice starts raising and then objects start being thrown and then there's coercive control of finances or um, you know just really rigid gender roles in the home in terms of who's responsible for what Um, extreme jealousy 
one of the things that we see a lot is the isolation from family members. You have a loved one that used to be at you know every family event, and they start pulling back, and they're not they're not attending, and and they're looking over their shoulder. So um, you know, as loved ones, the most support that we can offer is to let them know consistently that we are there, that we are not judging, and we are a safe place whenever they choose to be. Um, to be with us, so um, those those things escalate to some of the physical violence. We've seen a lot of strangulation lately, um, impeding breath, whether that's holding someone down um, or having their actual hands around somebody's neck. And we luckily have some really good medical partners where, when we have survivors who have that as part of their story we can get the attention that they need to make sure that they those could be lifelong um, impacts medically for those who have endured that Um, it's a lot of internal potential injury so luckily we're educated on those things and can get our survivors in the right place as the dv escalates and of course as we uh, talked about uh, october being domestic violence awareness month and uh, we ran down some of the uh, events that are going on but uh, as far as um, uh, the public getting involved uh, not only uh, october 20th uh, wear purple day but uh, also uh, you're encouraging the public to uh, post some uh, uplifting and encouraging messages yes we have a link that if um you know one of the things again just like encouraging families to be supportive these, these victims have been judged over and over and over and told things that they aren't worthy or they're not valued. So as a community, one of the things that we thought of during this month that we could all do is post these messages to this board and at any point that our survivors could, you know, mm-hmm. click and, and review and link that, you know, this community does amazing things to keep our operations running. You know, we will we will post when we need detergent and then all of a sudden we have gallons of detergent coming in. So um, the, the we're asking that those same community members to sort of take a minute and write a message to our survivors um, because it really does make a difference. And then, uh, of course, uh, looking ahead, uh, you've got some uh, things that uh, uh, in early December, a, a save the date type of thing. Yeah, so... It's our 10th annual, uh, we call it the HHH event. Uh, I think I used the language a little earlier, help, hope, healing um, is what those H's stand for. It's a big fundraiser that we have. It's our biggest annual fundraiser of the year um, held over at Wall Hill. And it's a, it's a brunch and it's very festive. And it's just amazing to see everyone come together, whether it's through sponsorship or donating items for us to raffle or attending. Um, Some people have made it part of their kind of holiday regimen to attend and and support us through that fundraiser event. So all of those details are also on our website in terms of how to get in touch with us to hold a spot if you want to attend on December 3rd. Okay. And of course, you know, also go to the, uh, the website. Um, I understand that, um, uh, safe passages, also the social media for the, uh, for the encouraging messages and things of that nature. Yes. The links are all posted there. I could rattle them off, yeah. but that does not make for great radio. No. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. No, just kidding. no. I I appreciate the comment, but uh, yeah, for uh, yeah, being being in the business as long as I have. And uh, of course, uh, speaking of the business, uh, Carrie Ketman, uh, you've been uh, with Safe Passage, uh, you know, quite some time, and uh, now sitting in the uh, executive director's chair. And uh, as far as uh, the transition, how that's gone for you, uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I, first, it's just an amazing opportunity. It's, you know, you just, it's it's a service-oriented role, um, and the foundation is so solid from Jane and others that have assisted, you know, before I entertained the, the spot here in, in the agency, but coming into something that is so strong and strong not just from the founders but like I said before the entire community it is so um, just uplifting to kind of see the help that pours in when we ask and it makes it really an honor to kind of serve in this way so it's been uh, a lot of learning, a lot of quick learning, and um, but I am I, I feel very fortunate that you know I'm I'm able to serve in this way. And then, as far as uh, previous roles with uh, Safe Passage, uh, what were those, and what did those well, entail? Actually, back in the day, I was um, right when the shelter opened. I had the uh, opportunity to be the main support advocate, to handling the crisis calls. So I've had that history from the first couple years that the actual shelter facility opened. I stepped away for some roles in in county and city government, um, but I came back about three years ago um, in in a director of community-based services role. So that really prepared me in terms of being out in all six counties. And in between, I actually served on the board as well. So I have a pretty well-rounded experience with the agency really admiration of the agency and just a um, complete commitment to our mission. And now uh, sitting in the executive director's uh, post there and uh, yeah, that's great things. So, yes, you know. yes. And uh, you mentioned the uh, the board and that's a key element too. Uh, you mentioned community support earlier, but also the fact that uh, you have a, a board that uh, is very uh, cognizant of the mission and uh, what needs to be done. We have just an incredible composition of board members um, that represent most of our service area as well as diverse backgrounds that really assist us in um, in every way. So the board support, you're you're 100 right. Is it's a huge piece, um, and we appreciate there. That's a, a whole service role in and of itself, and they have stepped up, and it's it's very appreciated. Okay, and then the uh, board members come from all six counties. Uh, I think we have at least five represented at this point. Um, so yes, um, from most of our district. Okay, all right. And then uh, Carrie Kipman, uh, once again, uh, can you give us uh, the uh, the points of contact for uh, Safe Passage for someone who's maybe hearing this and uh, they m- may need the services? Uh, how can they go about? Uh, reaching the agency yes our our helpline crisis line it goes by so many different names um it's included now includes text um but that is 1-877-733-1990 again 1-877-733-1990 it is 24 hours a day 365 
uh, days a year, including holidays. We are always there. It is always a, a person that you will get in touch with. And um, even if you're a family member or a loved one that is, is looking for advice on how to best support somebody that you feel is, is experiencing this, we encourage those calls as well, especially during this Awareness Month. We had some conversations with recent family members, and that is something that is on their hearts and on their minds and to make sure that part of our mission is also reaching out to those family members. Okay. Anything else before uh, we let you go? Just uh, I will be back by to say hello during October, and I hope to see you in purple. All right. Sounds good. Well, Carrie Ketman, Executive Director of uh, Safe Passage. Again, our, our thank you for your time this morning. Uh, continued success. And uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks, Tom.